Hey, baby. <laughs> hey. Welcome, Black Tribers. Here we go again. We're back together. We are back together. It's been a long, almost three weeks of being apart. Mm -hmm. And now we're in a little hotel room on Union something campus. We, Pentecostal camp we are in Cleveland, running Georgia. G42 from Cleveland, Georgia. And it, this is uh, uh, my teaching week. Having a blast, cried a lot today with the class, and they were so gracious and so kind, and so I'm having a blast. Yes. Um, and here's what here's what I learned about our three weeks apart. Okay, let me hear it, babe. I, people, don't, I need to know. I know people tend to separate when they're having a hard time in their marriage, okay. and they need space. Couldn't be a really good thing if the idea is for you to come full circle and get back together. How amazing was it for us to leave each other? not wanting to leave each other, family obligation, the work obligation. We decided like, hey, we're a team. You go do what you have to do. I'll do what I have to do and we'll come back together. How amazing was it this last weekend to be back together? It was incredible. Because we were mad at each other. <laughs> right. We didn't want to be away from each other. Yep. And we really had a, we had a really good flow going in our life. And it was like, uh, uh, it was brought to a halt. And I thought, Married couples should purposely, when they're in a great season, spend a couple days apart because it does bring even a greater appreciation. Yeah, but them. not three weeks. No. You, you People were concerned about you. I got a lot of messages. <laughs> I got a lot of quotes like, Lisa, you always say it's not good for a man to be alone. Your husband's alone. Like, he looks sad. He misses you. It wasn't I, good. I was too busy to think about my feelings. But when I got back with you, they I came in like a flood. Okay, so here we are. And for our Patreon people, you're watching us on video. It's awesome. Uh, our podcast on um, SoundCloud and iTunes. Mm -hmm. You're getting this on a Friday. Okay, so you've been walking through some stages of motherhood. And you've been killing it last week. I listened to your podcast. Oh, you did? Yes, on the way to the airport. Okay. And it was so it was pretty challenging for women. It was. We had a few comments and a few people with feedback going, "Wow, this is so hard to listen to," mm -hmm. but it's so true. It so was you want to give us? Yeah, and in full disclosure, I was not I was not good at what I was teaching, right. which is to get restorative rest. Okay. And I really was in a mode with six children for many years that I didn't sit down. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't, I didn't do any of those things. I didn't see it as a value. And I we saw both more paid a big price We that. paid a huge price. Right. So my body eventually recently just said, okay, well you can keep doing this, but you're going to die a very yeah. young woman. So, and so we had some scares with the doctor, mm -hmm. but we've got things in order things and we're are, doing well. All right. So where are we going today? Where do you okay, want to? So the last thing we talked about as far as stages was, um, the, the brand new babyhood. And, and we did clarify that anyone, any woman who is loving a child that needs to be loved has the spirit of mothering. Yes. Does not, biologically yes. does not matter. However, actual act of childbirth does bring on some things that people want to put in a category of mental illness. And I really think it's more of a category of adjustment. Okay. So that adjustment happens to women when they give birth and when they go through, you know, they, they, they go through puberty. Men go through that in puberty. Men's hormones usually stay pretty stable until they get older. Women have a lot more ups and downs with pregnancy like and postpartum and all that stuff. All that stuff. Right. And then menopause hits <clears throat> and it changes. And like I always say, there wouldn't be any babies on the planet if men had to do all that you guys have to do. No. Our contribution is very small and very enjoyable, mm -hmm. but not much to the pregnancy world. And we wouldn't birth babies. So, because we're kind what of... What would you do? Just say no and not... Yeah. Okay. I mean, there'd just well, be no more... Option 
repopulation. What goes up like must come down. Too. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right. So what are we going to today? So we're going to talk a little bit about parenting. out of babyhood and we'll move into what it's like to parent toddlers and parent school-age children. And um, it is a season of a great deal of learning for your child. It is a season of a great deal of answering questions for adults. Okay. Because the favorite yes. question of little tiny people when they're learning their world is why. Why? And I found out they don't actually want the science backup they of don't. why the sky okay, is blue. Okay, so a child at what age? Mm-hmm. I-, I would say from the time they start talking okay. until 50. They really don't care about <laughs> the why they're even asking or the science behind it. They just want They're something. just trying to figure out their world. Okay. And so if you don't have to Google every time you're kid wants to know um, why is the sky blue actually yes I mean if it's a great science moment and you want to do that but you can wear yourself out with that you can and you can over educate your children also (laughs) you can turn it on them so what I learned to do was when I got six little faces saying why I would say why do you think it is this way okay and then that's a conversation all right and then we it's so interesting what they say yes it's so interesting what they come up with is things you could never come up with and then you get this perspective on their world the other thing a pediatrician told me when my baby started crawling and i've kept it for all of my parenting is as soon as your baby starts moving around a doctor or pediatrician that's a good doctor or pediatrician will say to you you need to get down on your baby's level so you can see what they see and you can see if there's cords hanging. You can see if there's outlets that are exposed. You can see if, you know, there's a lamp cord that they could pull over on themselves. You can see if they start to stand up, can they reach where the stove is and right. pull a panel? I actually did that with Anthem. She's running around the classroom right now. And you now. went and looked at her. Anthem. I did. I got <sighs> down with so her. She's so cute. And she calls me Papa. I know. And goes. we all melt. Trust me. We all. Papa. It's so good. And so, yeah, I, that's awesome. So I got down on her level. I could see what she saw. And what did you find out? Well, I mean, there's a lot of dangerous there things. There was dangerous classroom. things in yeah. this old camp, yeah, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, right. I know. Okay. But her parents are not afraid. No. And they let her explore. But they're hovering. Yes. So they're ready to jump in the before Diaz's, something falls. The bonus Diaz's. Yes. They're, they're awesome. So I kept, that, I kept that theory for the rest of my parenting. Okay. And I took that into when they started school. Because it's very easy for us to say to a five-year-old who's who's starting school for the first day and maybe being separated from their parents for the first time, and you're handing them over to a teacher they've maybe met once, and they're scared Yeah. sometimes. Sometimes they run out of your arms and can't wait to be there. But the first reaction we usually have is, you don't, don't, don't be scared. That doesn't actually answer the question. Okay. The question should be, well, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid that I will go in that classroom and nobody will talk to me. Oh, okay. Well, this little guy over here, he lives in our neighborhood. Should we introduce ourselves to that? Okay. Okay. What if the question is, I'm afraid I'll never see you again. Okay. Well, good news is I'm also afraid I'll never see you again. So I'm going to be lurking outside the window and you can just look at me waiting for you to get out, which some, some moms do. Yes. But the reassurance of I am coming back. Okay. So that's really good. So we're going to ask why at whatever age mm-hmm. and then we have to listen and not just give them answers right or tell them not to feel what they're feeling right no you can't feel this you can't way. minimize yeah. it yeah okay like that's stupid there's nothing underneath your bed I, you, you should have given me these lessons when our kids were little no babe, really rem- okay this was something you did that was so awesome is emily and alexis always shared a room even if we had a huge house because yes. they're only two years apart and they're best friends and they were convinced something was in their closet and you went into their closet and you beat it up Yes. And you tousled your hair and you pulled out your shirt and you went and you're like, he's gone now. I took care of it. 
Yes. And then they went to sleep. <laughs> they never worried about. They the never kids. worried. They're like, my dad kicked his butt, yeah. whatever it was. Right. And so you did that with Noah, and you kind of kept that going. Yeah. And so you could have said, "You silly little child, I'm in my 30s. I know there's nothing in your closet. Go to sleep. Get over yourself. Yeah. That's a way you can parent for sure. Yeah. But you could Doesn't just work, go down to their level and see what they're seeing and feel what they're feeling, which we would have been better parents during your divorce and the custody battle had we pulled back and said, well, what does Tyler feel? Right. Because we knew with our adult minds what we were seeing and what we were feeling, but we forgot to ask ourselves, well, what's this like for Tyler? Right. And, and then when he feel. would call us when they were in danger mm-hmm. and just be crying and want us to come and find them wherever they were happened to be in some state house somewhere. Yeah. And then he typed sheets and got his brothers, got out. His brothers out and jumped in my truck a couple of times. That would, I, I did try to take the time to feel what he was feeling, but that was almost impossible. Mm-hmm. There was really no, it was a, lot a of crisis there. situation. We did the best we could, but we have to keep looking at their perspective. Yeah, that's good. Because really good. A, they don't need a 32 year old man's perspective. No, because you have, we have to, I, we do that with our students today. Right. What, what was said this morning in class made total sense in my 50 year old brain. I knew it was trying to be communicated, but I was watching the faces of some of our 20-something students, and I knew they were hearing something different. Right. And so in the afternoon, we had one more conversation, and I could see their bodies kind of And, and I've learned now to always ask, whatever age I'm dealing with, is what do you hear me saying? Mm-hmm. No matter what the conversation is, what did I just say to you? I did a couple one-on-ones today, a couple coaching calls, and I'm always asking that question because... Your, your brain is going to hear something different from your trauma, from your abuse, from spoil, being overcoddled. All these factors are in. And yes. then just the age. You haven't lived life. And so what a 24-year-old brain is hearing yes. and what a 54-year-old man is saying are two different things a yes. lot of times. Okay. And, um, you know, what happens when your kids get in school is you are exposed to new tribes. Because there might be people in your neighborhood that you've met. There might be people at a, you know... As our granddaughter says, gymnastics, 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 gymnastics. Um, there's, there's a tribe there. There's like age people that are raising children. And so sometimes you connect with people, you make new friends. We saw as our boys got more in depth into like competitive sports, there was a lot of families that that was their entire tribe. Right. It was their only tribe. It was their only tribe and it was their entire tribe. And we couldn't not penetrate that tribe Yes, because it was not our only tribe and we thought it was a little ridiculous, honestly, yeah. that they literally could talk about do nothing or say anything else except for this they particular They lived, breathed, sport. ate, slept, what their kid was doing in that sport. But usually that was their only kid or one other that wasn't playing competitive. We had other kids? multiple kids playing multiple things. Can we talk about that? Yes, let's do it. It's still a big wound game. <laughs> if you're watching this on video, you just saw my wife slap. No, I'm just kidding. She did it's still a big wounding in our family. Yes. Because our sons are convinced that we did not support them and that we did not pay for things and we didn't care about their dreams. Meanwhile, their counterpart siblings felt that we completely ignored them and all we cared about was their brother's sports. Yeah. And the truth and is... And all the money and all the time went to them. There's probably truth in both of those and probably. there's also truth that we spent tens of thousands of dollars yes. on ridiculous sports yes. activities and we spent tens of thousands of hours... At baseball fields and football fields and rugby fields and every other kind of field. Lacrosse. All but I don't think our kids had the overarching view that we did. Yeah. That we were thinking of how to take care of all of the children. 
And I don't think that they knew that when we spent all weekend at that particular field, I wasn't getting laundry done. I wasn't getting grocery shopping. Oh, they can't see that. They can't see any of that. So question, Gary Black. Okay. If you had to do it over again, or you had this, a young man come to you and say, listen, my son is really good at baseball. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost me $10,000 a year to do this program, whatever. Uh, We're going to be gone most weekends. My, my other sons or other daughters are interested in this. So they're going to be in the, the city with my wife. We're looking at probably, a, you know, six, seven year commitment of this. What should I do? Tough question. I mean, the, the, the point is, is I owned a, a recruiting company. Mm-hmm. So I, I got scholarships for athletes um, in Colorado Springs. Well, your average athlete in Colorado Springs is a white coddled um, American kid who is not going to go play pro uh, 99.9% of them will never make the pros. And I know, I think that when you're a young parent, this kid has it and he's going to go all the way. And I saw some incredible athletes, including our own boys mm-hmm. who are all really state athletes. athletes. We're all really American. True. We're USA, all the things uh, they didn't go pro. No. Um, and so I would say, do not spend the money and all that time, but have some fun with sports. Yeah. Make sure it's a family thing. Make sure everybody's involved, and but don't give your life to it. it what are, it's what, like a god at that point. What are the biggest benefits of children playing sports? Uh, just te- just teamwork, uh, coaching, honor. Uh, there's so many things. That they showing learn. up, showing up, discipline, moving, working out. Uh, moving is a lot better than sitting, right? Obviously, much yep. healthier. Yep. Okay, and then the team aspect. And I did coach the girls yes. in softball, yeah. and we squashed the bug. And we had a blast and they hated it. And so we didn't do that again. Okay. So my question is that <laughs> though, however, is um, it can be a really healthy thing. Right. Can it be an unhealthy thing? Oh, absolutely. It okay. becomes a God for a lot of families. And, and what you were talking about, that the tribe that we try to enter in, in that world, competitive sports world, they, that was their whole lives. That was they had the motor homes. They had... Else. Yeah. Nothing else mattered. Nothing else existed during Which that I season. I always wanted to ask them, like, when your child graduates, what are you going to do? Because this is your all weekend, every weekend. This is your summers. You plan your vacation. Everything is around this. Like, what happens when well, you Well, it's like up? our son, Tyler, just bought a really sweet motorhome for our really inexpensive. Yeah. Because the family bought it just for the girls' competitive softball. Oh, the family he bought it from. Yeah, softball okay. league. And they didn't need it anymore because the, the girl, girl went to college and didn't play softball ended anymore. Ended up working in a cubicle. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's the one thing that came up a couple times in our family is we would have coaches, including you say, this is your team. This is your commitment, but they weren't making their beds. They weren't cleaning up their stuff. They weren't putting their dishes in the sink. They weren't blah, 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 both male, female across the board. And one day I said, actually, this is your team. Yes. And I am the captain and you will lose all playing time if you don't start honoring this team. Yeah. Is it okay to say this family is the most important? Absolutely, hundred percent. And your family dinners are really important. Like we tried to make at least twice a week for family dinner. My dream would have been six nights, of course. And with six of them <laughs> running all over, and you know, your ego as a young father gets in the way, and and it really does feed your ego when you're living through your kids' athletics. Mm-hmm. And I coached also for 10, 15 years football, all four boys. And so you really do immerse yourself and it really does feed your ego. And what I would encourage you as a young father is, yes, that's good. And, and you want those kids. And, and 
I know football. I probably wouldn't have let like Caleb was an All American quarterback as a sophomore, but he had so many concussions that it basically ruined. And he his... said he was done. Yeah, and we were like, okay, son, you're done. Yeah, and if we would have got him in golf, he'd been a pro golfer now. I so probably because um, he's shooting in the seventies. Caleb's he's gonna take up. care yeah. of me my old age. I'm and he sure did go is. play pro baseball in France uh, for a while, yeah. and and it, that is awesome, right? And you want that for your right. children, but it cannot consume and take right. over your whole family. Yeah. It cannot. I did find myself envious of Mormon families because they refused to let their children play on Sunday. Yeah. And as much as I thought that was very stringent, very religious, and I wouldn't join the the Mormon church necessarily, I loved that they, like, wouldn't budge on what they valued. Yeah. And they were criticized and put down by other parents. I can't believe they... Right. Great athletes. Maybe they're teaching their children something bigger in life, though. So it's just another vehicle. Yep. And it can it can be a really beautiful thing. Uh, my memories of football in the park on on in Memorial Day morning, are my uh, favorite memories right. of the child. All the right. kids were there. Memorial Park. They were yeah. they were playing in the grass. We'd go out for pizza afterward. Like it was really fun. When it became all consuming and the family was separated because of it, yep. was when it, it yep. really caused. And, and guys, you got to remember that your family is forever, and sports is just a short season of your life. No matter how good you are. Right. And so, and, and those are Unless foundational. You're Tom Brady and then you never, you always will be playing football even in yeah. your 80s. And all of the scholarships, I got hundreds of scholarships for kids, usually for girls because of Title IX. And if you could shoot, shoot in the 110 in golf, I could get you a full ride scholarship to call it to D3 okay. colleges. Um, all, I never, I never ever got one D1 scholarship for anyone. And some really great athletes that came through our systems. Um, and so, it's a big dream and, and it's a, it's way out there and it's very competitive and there's multi millions of dollars left on the table every year yep. for scholarships. You don't have to go that route. Yeah. It's, it's so much simpler. And literally the dinner table sitting around the dinner table is way more important than, than that next okay. baseball game or that next football game or that next basketball game. I mean, we spent so many hours in gyms. I can't even, I don't know. I think that's where my hearing went down. So, so rad. yeah. Okay. So now, so now we're moving into um, middle school. Yes. And so people dread this. Who dreads middle school more than parents of middle schoolers? Middle schoolers. Middle schoolers. The worst time of life. It's horrible sure. time yeah. of life. It, it, the puberty is brutal. Yeah. And you know, some girls grow much faster than they want to. Some boys don't grow as fast as they want to. Yeah. Skin changes, hormonal changes. Pimples. I remember teeth. coming home after I started my period for this first time. My mother was beautiful, and of course, she described what was going to happen to my body. Um, but when it actually happened, I was like, "What the heck?" And I, my sister was in the bathroom with me. We went to the same school. I was like, "Laura, what is this?" And she's like, "Oh, honey." And so she kind of mothered me through it. And I remember walking in through the door and telling my parents, "I just started my period. I don't feel very good." And I remember my dad's face was like. Yeah. Like he what did not know what to, he's like. Yeah. Another of my baby girls is uh, what? And and my mom's like, help me. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I remember a look on his face was like, I don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah, I that's think, a big deal. What an important thing though, when you are raising children of that age to remember what you were going through yes. and to remember how you felt. And how devastated you felt. In so many ways. And when that girl breaks up you or that boy breaks up it's you a and really the devastation in it's, your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And to minimize and to say to your child, this is no big deal. You're in sixth grade. You're in seventh grade. Again, get on their level. See what they're seeing. Walk with them in their pain and walk them out of their pain. It's the only way to do it. Just I, to tell them to get over it just doesn't work. And to say, I remember. 
I remember being your age, and I remember this boy I had a crush on, and I remember on a field trip we held hands, and I remember he kissed my cheek in the park. I remember that. And then when he broke up with me, I remember how that felt. And oh, just man. remembering. You know why? We moved to Colorado Springs to be, be there for my dad. He's 81 now, and he's got uh, my sister's three special needs children. And we're going to help raise them, and they're, they were gonna, they're going to become ours, and we're going to make sure they're very well taken care of. He had to walk Jasmine, our youngest special needs. She was 14, and he, my mom had passed, or 15. And we were in Spain. And we were in Spain. So I was no help. And my dad had to walk her through her first period. Yeah. And he called us going, He's like, I, I don't think I'm qualified. <laughs> it's a big deal, right? It is right? a big deal it's because it's it very emotional, that season of life. And um, the, the, the big issue now is, like, think of what we went through in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Now we have a generation that is being told their worth yeah. via a screen. Oh, right. Yeah. And the, media, the, the, the emotional struggles that they oh, have yeah. are much more intense than what, we, than what we can relate to. Yep. And we had two or three friends that were mean to us or had an opinion about us. They have 100,000 people That's right. that have an opinion about their ears or their nose or their belly or their whatever. And they're and watching TikTok and they're watching Reel and yes. they're watching all these beautiful people make these stupid videos which don't even really look that way they don't they, no. they have filters. Filter. we have a family member that found a filter and i was like oh my god she get a nose job i'm so dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one of my friends was like no honey that's a filter i was like i need that filter all the time yeah if you haven't watched uh social uh social dilemma social dilemma it's a documentary watch it it's watch it with ex, your children x google x facebook x uh all these the guys that created it instagram employees and it's their view on what social media is doing to our children, to the to society, but to our children. And we just showed it. Lisa showed it to the intern yep. yesterday. And had him break out and ask questions. Great, they asked such the, great. The questions. best. I, I made a, a, a True Talk Tuesday video about it today. They um, Br Briar says YouTube has become the surrogate father. I know because your dads aren't there to teach you how to change the oil, change your tire, and so you, you have, have to, to go to YouTube to learn. Man, it just hit my heart in such a deep way. Because it's really true. I literally grabbed my heart when he said it. Yeah. And I just like, it was. We just need to father and mother our kids yeah. where they are in their age, get on their level and listen really well. Bring discipline, bring life, bring truth after you listen and help them kind of walk through that stuff. I would have done that so different. Yeah. And again, not that we were horrible at it. We just. We didn't know. People, nobody told us. Mm -mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so good. Yeah, so listen to the blacks because they messed it up and you can do better. <laughs> okay, so what would you say on that? Because what I did was present them um, with this documentary that I watched three times yep. because I'm not going to present something to my class that I have not really studied. And so I watched it three times. I took notes and I was like, this is really well done. And it's a really good, you know, it's something I, I asked you when, you when you go back to watch with Noah because I think it's a good place of discussion. The spirit of religion and control says, burn the computers, burn the, the phone, right. everything's bad, right. Right. and it's very it's very black and white. Yep. And so what our class discussed, now of course they're in their early 20s and you know late 20s. They've never known a world without They've it. never known a world without it. Yeah. And so I did not present any argument of the solution. I asked questions that I had them answer in. I, they had to answer, has social media negatively or positively affected you and your friends how? Those were their questions. Um, the third question was, um, oh, shoot, now I can't remember. Um, do you think a media fast would benefit your mental health? Mm. And the fourth question was. Not from the Black Tribe podcast, but yes. 
No, we'll take a day off. We'll still be here. Um, and my, the fourth question is, what are you going to teach your children in the next generation? Wow. Because I'm trying to get them to think that life is so much bigger than them. Yes. And if you can't manage your life, how are you going to teach other people to manage their yeah, life? That's good. And so the answer, there was no answer I was looking for for them to say, this is bad. This is good. How can we bring balance? Yes. Because we need our, we yeah, our so strength. so let me just say this because I'm obviously a big social media guy. I love Facebook. I love Instagram because it is a way that we market mm -hmm. our coaching. It's a way that we market our podcast, but it's also a way we stay connected to Jumbo and Creek, and right? Swaziland and and uh, it's a lot of really positive. The guys things. in Guatemala and the guys in Costa Rica and there's only you know we have Messenger and we can see their lives. But again, if you're looking at it to feed your life, mm -hmm. the politics and the negativity. And that you've got to turn that off and and because it fe feeds that neuro pathway mm -hmm. in your brain and you actually start thinking differently. Mm -hmm. Like if, again, you taught, you taught this yesterday. If you're only watching CNN all day, the neuro pathways in your brain just gets wider and wider and wider, wider and all you think is Trump is the, is the Antichrist. And then you watch Could Fox. Be, my dad believes that. I don't know. Then you watch Fox all day. Right, you watch and Fox all day and you opposite. think Trump walks on water. He's better than and Jesus. And they only yeah. they only keep flipping the reels of what they right. want you to see. And so that stuff turn off. Yeah. And then quit being so negative and mean on social media. <laughs> like, I don't understand Christians who think they can just be mean about hating Trump so bad or pro this or I, I don't understand. Or celebrating when someone gets physically ill. Yeah. Or yeah. celebrating when someone's child dies. It's it's absolutely pathetic, people. We we cannot carry that kind of message to the world. The world is watching us, and we're the only representative of Jesus Christ to most of those people on Facebook. Yep. So we bring life no matter what we do yeah, and where absolutely. we go, right? Absolutely. So yes, I love social media, and I think it's going to change the world. I was talking to Evan Diaz this morning about he wants to develop a virtual reality education system right where a mentor can walk a mm -hmm. five-year-old ten-year-old boy instead of being in a classroom through Let, just mentorship stuff through life children. lessons and yeah. yeah and so that kind of thing could really change the world I love the way he thinks. but at the same time you have to manage it and you have to discipline yourself to manage it well and what i asked the class to do i said i just want you to be aware because i was um michaela and i our oldest granddaughter is seven now but she was about five and we were at their house for christmas and i was like i was started singing all i want for christmas is a um hippopotamus you know and she's like i don't know the words of that song grandma and i was like okay so you two we watched it together and it was a little purple hippopotamus and it was all innocent and then halfway through, this very violent pornographic image and voice came on. Really? Now, instantly, she responded with uncomfortableness, not just because her grandma was sitting with her, but her spirit knew something was off. And I, of course, took me a little bit too long to turn it off. So her and I talked about it. And I thought, how many times do we think that there's a cartoon? And so we think it's for children. Yeah. So all I asked the class as they become parents is to... If you want your child to watch a show, watch it with them. Yes. And actually watch it all the way through and see if it is bringing the values you that your family has. Yes. And then when you are busy and you need that child to be still because you have a conference call, it's all real life. Then you know that that show is not bringing things into your house or into right. their spirit that isn't what your family values. You have to remember, guys, that our spirit, man, experiences. Mm -hmm. So our heart is our personality. We live through our heart. We don't ask Jesus to live just in our heart. We ask him to live through our heart with wisdom and revelation where eternity resides. All that's our heart. It's our personality. 
our spirit experiences yeah. things. And so when your when your spirit reels from watching it or watching a cartoon with your children and all of a sudden something porn comes on or you're watching pornography and your spirit reels, your spirit ugh, it just goes, yeah. that's when you turn it's it off immediately. It's not like it and, and if you feed your spirit and your mind that stuff, yeah. it's it, you're, that, that's the direction you're going to go. It's going to come out of you. Yeah, you're going to have horrible dreams. You're yes. going to have nightmares. If you're having night terrors, probably turn off some of the crap you're watching on Netflix, right? And, 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 and I want to say this. And it's going to tick a couple people off, but That's you got all these does. people who ban Netflix because of this one show. Ridiculous. I mean, if you actually go research the show, it's not at all what all the Christians are making up and saying about it. And it's not near as bad as what they've said. Now it's horrible and you don't watch it, but you don't go shut off a whole network because you can find documentaries like this social dilemma and some really good it's educational pieces. Your mind and your life. Manage it. Manage yes. it. And teach your children to manage their life. Right. Not just get religious and shut it off. Okay, so we'll sort of go into the, the the teenage years a little bit. If your children survive middle school, and they will, and you will survive middle school with them, your involvement in their life, this is, I'm going to take off the other group that you haven't offended yet. Okay. Is in the Jewish tradition, what age do they celebrate a boy becoming a man? Yes. At 12. At 12. Bar right? mitzvah. Bar yep. mitzvah. And they throw a big party. Yep. And they say, basically... He has a place at the table now. Right. So that... Which is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. That is the beginning of the separation from the parents. Yes. So we tend to get more controlling, more involved, and over-parent the older our kids get. When actually, according to tradition and according to their age, we're supposed to be taking our hands off a little bit more. Yes. Allowing them to fall, yes. allowing them to fail, and then being there to pick them back up. Yes. So my question is, what actually is a parent's job? A parent's job always is to point your child to the father. Hmm. Jesus said, I only I do... I didn't know the answer. I was just wanted to <laughs> Jesus said, I only do what the father's doing. And we tell our kids, I want you to only do what I'm doing. Now, if I'm doing what the father's doing, that's okay. I mean, Mark says... In the Gospel of Mark, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Beautiful thing. But I, 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 we have to point our kids as they get older to the Father. And can I say this? And I'm going to look right in the camera and say this to our Patreon people. Teach your kids how to work hard. Yeah. These kids that we have here, some of our interns have never worked a day in their life. They've raised support and gone on great mission trips. And they don't even know how to clean an oven. They don't know how to clean a floor. They don't know how to do anything. And, and, and they don't know how to work. And I can tell you the greatest thing you can do if your kids, and I've said this a lot, and I'm going to say it again, don't steal the hunt from your children. If your kids want a go-kart and they're 12 years old, they need to work and go get some money and you meet them halfway and get the go-kart. As they get older, they'll, they'll realize the value of what they're, they have is because they worked for it. They're yeah. going to take a lot more Absolutely. ownership and beauty. And that gives them that skill in everything in their lives. Yeah. And we run into this all the time. So as they get older, you need to back away. Noah's 18 right now, mm -hmm. living up in Colorado Springs without us. And he's having to work and he's in between jobs right now. And he's a little he's nervous. And I'm just, when I talk to him, I'm like, yeah, babe, keep, keep going to those interviews. Keep looking for those jobs because he needs to know we're not going to bail him out. Well, and it may not be your, this is what he asked me. And it's a good question because this generation asks this question a lot. Why would I get a job if all I'm going to do is survive? Yeah. Our grandfathers never asked that question. No, they didn't renew. They had that option. They didn't have that option. Yeah. 
they had to work no matter what the work was because they had to provide for their families. And if that meant a factory, if that meant an auto plant, if that meant steel, if it, this is the first generation to have choices. And we've given them so many choices that they're now they're over that they're overwhelmed they and shut down. By, yeah. But it's not their fault. Right. That is not their fault. We always want to point fingers at a generation and say, look at what you're doing wrong. When who brought them into it, who parented them into it. Why do our young men here not know how to change their tires? Their dads weren't there yeah, to teach they them. They were gone. Now, again, some dads just had to work their butts off, and right. and, and just and they couldn't right. be there. And I, you know, I was talking to a dad today who felt horrible that he worked all the time. Well, guess what? Sometimes that's just the, the reality. That's reality. And I'm, you know, discipling Evan, and he'll love that I say this. He's like, Gary, I'm working my balls off at AIM like crazy on marketing and I'm just not here for Anthem enough mm. and it's hard for me and Amy. And I'm like, yeah, this is those years. Yes. You get to work as hard as, as you hard can as work you can, and you building. get to, and get a sidekick, mm-hmm. get something side going side in your entrepreneurial passion yep. that can bring in some income for your family. Right now is the time to do that. And when you're with Anthem, throw her in the air. When you're with Anthem, be only with Anthem. And be really focused on her. It's okay to work hard, guys. It's okay. We had that conversation in class today. Yes. And I said, you know, guys, here's the thing. Poverty is not a a blessing. It's a curse. Yes. And whoever taught you that being impoverished was a blessing has lied to you. It's not true. Poverty brings on stress, anxiety, and fear, and unknowns. A lot of things we don't have control over, but what we do. So obviously live within your means. Right. Of course. If you're only capable, if you're capable of making $15 an hour, then you live on a $15 an hour budget. And and guess what? If your wife's really good with numbers and administration, she runs the books and the finances for the family. That's okay. Yeah. Who's ever gifted the most in that good thing. We both suck at it. Um, So we get, we have to hire a guy. Yeah. (laughs) We have to get people to help us, but you, you let them, Run with that and go. And it's with okay that. to ask for help. And I think that's, that's what a good point. that was what and um, we were talking about too is that <clears throat> there's things I totally missed in my mothering. And there's things that my my kids are mad at me about today. And I can't go back and change it. Right. But I can say, I'm so sorry right. I missed that. Even when they're they're misconstrued with their memories, which they but, are. But uh, you we have misconstrued memories. Right, of course. I guarantee you call your dad or Absolutely. my dad right now and say, Remember that time they're like, yep. I think that's a movie no you saw question. once, but that didn't actually happen in our home. Right. So we all have we all have a different perspective on what actually happened in our home. But all I can do at this point is humble myself and say, I'm so right. sorry. That's exactly how right. can how can we change that moving <clears throat> forward? That's and right. I and I really did love you and I really did the best I could. And I know I missed things and I know I messed up. So do you want to hit the teenage thing a little bit more next time? Yep, we'll get next time. We'll okay, go into because I, I do think you've got to pull your hands off and yep. you've got to point them to the father and you've got to let them fall and fail. It's just so hard. And let them sh- show them that that's okay and they're going to be okay. Yeah. God bless you guys. Hey, God, uh, GaryLisaBlack.com for our coaching, for our podcast and videos. I do a video every Tuesday. Um, we put out a new video on Mondays for Patreon and kind of fun stuff. We had a little cat scratching the screen. It was fun. <laughs> Um, give us feedback. Give us what you want to want to hear about, what you want to talk about. Uh, we love it. We're getting lots of messages and lots of stuff happening. Patreon.com slash Black for the videos and exclusive content. Mm-hmm. You can pay a buck and you can pay it annually. So if you don't want to just go in and do a buck, you can do it. You can do 12 bucks and pay the whole year. Well, that was really good math. It, that was fast. I almost said 10. So God bless you guys. Thank you. We'll see you next time. See ya.